Joining us now in our studios is uh, Christy Purcell, our state representative for District 58A. Did I get that right? You sure did. All right. Thanks. I'm Good morning, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming in. Yes. Boy, the legislative session is about to get underway. You've got just a couple of days to... Uh, <laughs> Prepare, get yourself ready mentally, mm-hmm. physically, and mm-hmm. I guess logistically. Uh huh. Emotionally, spiritually. Every other way. Yep. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I leave, it's a little shorter season, uh, our session yes. this time around. And uh, let's start off by that. You took a lot of time to craft the budget and everything last year, so exactly. that leaves you short this year. Exactly. So, this is, I think, someone said yesterday, maybe the latest we've ever started. Mm hmm. Um, so we used, I believe, 77 legislative days uh, last year, and so we only have 43 to work with this year as per the Constitution over the biennium, and a legislative day only counts when we take to the House floor. Mm-hmm. So we have a 15-week session, but then there's some breaks in there for Easter, Passover, Eid. Um, so we're, we're going to use six legislative days in the first two weeks of session, so we're uh, trying to... Get our ducks in a row before All right, now, that. This would be uh, considered, I guess, traditionally a bonding Correct. year. Though you can bond really anytime you want to, but uh, it's generally budget uh, session, budget year, and then bonding year. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, had conversations with uh, you know some of the leaders in the House? Is that are we going to see that? Is that going to be a high priority? There are times where you, I mean you don't have to bond if you mm-hmm. don't want to. Mm-hmm. Any idea yet on the uh, the temperature in the room? So the bonding bill is unique instead of just being able to pass on a simple majority of if we're going to bond and have uh, the kinds of bonds where we have to borrow from the state, we need a two thirds majority. So that's, uh, you know, with with the DFL trifecta, that's sort of one of the only levers that Republicans have to, you know, have some leverage and negotiating power. So I certainly hope there'll be a bonding bill. Um, I know in past years when we haven't had one. Communities in greater Minnesota, that's a big source of, of support from the state. So I would really love for that to happen. And we're planning on that to to occur this year. Now, this year, of course, is election year. I'm sure you're well aware of that. Yes. Oh, and, then, yeah. and, uh, and every two years is going to be an election year for the House. So mm-hmm. the dynamics, I don't know if they really change much or they probably fairly much stay the same but is that going to have much of an impact can you anticipate anything at all or even think about it at this time well this will be my first uh even year even number year session so we'll find out but i mean even since last year there's some um personalities that have changed in the house so um ruth richards on our side of the aisle resigned her seat there's a special election um down in dakota county um so there's a brand new member, even newer than I am. She has uh, not had any legislative days yet, Bianca Verning. Um, and I'm on two committees with her. And then um, Kurt Dowd is resigning midnight Sunday. And we go into session Monday morning. So there'll be just a little bit of a different um, kind of... Uh, a little bit of different who's in the room. As far as your committee assignments, I'm presuming you keep the same as last year? Yes, mine will mine will stay the same. And what are those? So I'm on elections, environment, and education finance. Mm-hmm. Those all start with E, so I start with those. And then I'm vice chair of the agriculture committee. All right. Um, Monday. What's what's going to happen on Monday? Ooh, <laughs> Monday. Are just... you going to start he- hearing some bills right away? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we... Um, We'll take to the House floor Monday. Um, 
I am not sure yet if I have any committees. I don't think I have any committees that will meet Monday, um, but we will will be on the House floor as um, a first bill introduction. So we have, I have pre-filed a few bills, so they don't have file numbers yet. And on Monday, I'll get to find out what those file numbers are, which just makes it so much easier to track the bills and what is happening. Um, And then I'm presenting my first bill Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m., the very first bill of the Elections Committee this year. Um, It's a a bill to uh, make it easier for students to vote on college campuses. So um, it's kind of a no-brainer to come to me, being that there are two colleges in my district. So um, that is the first bill that I will be presenting this year, but we're kind of off and running. How how would that change how students vote on campus? So this gives the option for the administration of a campus to request from the county, typically, or the city, um, a polling place on campus for early voting, a one-day polling place. Um, So we, some, like in our district, one of the college campuses has an election day voting uh, polling place on campus. And the other one does not. And um, although the, on Carleton it is not very far from campus, it's not 100% of the students who actually have the polling place um, at the UCC church, I believe. Um, so some of them have to are supposed to cross the Cannon River and Highway 3 to go over and vote at St. John's, and that's enough of a barrier that we see drop-off in participation. All so right. trying to just make sure that, um, especially because this is ma- probably the first election, a lot of these young people are going to, be participating in. We want them to participate in democracy. We want them to have that responsibility and to have that choice. So um, I'm I'm hopeful that this is a, a nice fix, just that one day. And it's modeled after a bill um, that reservations can also um, uh, request from the state to have an early voting location on the res uh, ahead of election day. Once again, we're talking with uh, State Representative Christy Purcell. By the way, we have a dog in the studio. If she bothers you at all, let me know. We'll, <laughs> she's, we'll try to address she's got that. local celebrity here. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you, you mentioned four bills mm-hmm. right, right away. What are the other three uh, in... Uh, uh, what, what are the other three? <laughs> well, so you mentioned it's a bonding year. And so Northfield, the city of Northfield has a proposal for bonding to to support the Bridge Square project. Um Again, I've never been there for a bonding year, so I'm not sure how that goes. Last year, we did a bonding bill. It was sort of the one-year delayed because two Mm -hmm. years ago, we did not do a bonding bill. We did not pass a bonding bill. Um, So last year, we got eight-point-something million dollars to complete the Milltowns Trail. So you can now bike from Red Wing to Mankato or Mankato to Red Wing. Um, Northfield was the little missing link in there that's not complete yet, but... That was sort of our big bonding proposal last time around. So there's a proposal to help support the project at Bridge Square. So we'll see where that goes and how the process works. But um, so that is a second of my bills. Uh, The the third bill I can think of is um, the changing the definition of the of public waters in Minnesota. So um, in I think 2017 or 2018, we saw on the federal level a change in the um, in in my environmental sphere, what was being called WOTUS, Waters of the United States, mm-hmm. and what is defined as public waters and what can be defined as private waters, like drainage. Um, so we are trying to be proactive in Minnesota and protect more waters 
change the definition so more waters are protected as public waters in Minnesota. Hmm. Interesting. Is that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just think, uh, you know, (laughs) they probably don't think too much about it, but Mm -hmm. uh, water's republic. But uh, is there a line drawn somewhere on that? Yes. What's the definition? Well, that's um, that's what we're going to be looking into where the where the definition sh- we think should be. Mm-hmm. But in, in our part of the state, for example, there's a lot of um, private drainage um, ditches, basically. And then at one point they get big enough where then, oh, now they're public. Um, you know, now it's a creek. Now it's a stream. But it started as ditched. Mm-hmm. And then there's a drainage authority and there's a group of people who kind of decide and it's less transparent it's less public so that's why we're wanting to expand what we consider um public waters all right uh once again representative christy purcell is in we're previewing the 2024 legislative session which gets underway on monday on monday i've won the i've left the big blockbuster bill for last let's have that big blockbuster bill well uh, um, tell us about it it is the right to repair bill so last year we um there was a right to repair coalition and because it exempted agriculture and gardening equipment, we did not call it right to repair because there's this national movement of largely farmers and ranchers um, who want to be able to fix their own equipment. And um, last year, because of that exemption carved out, we called it the electronic fair repair bill. Um, So I've talked about this a little bit in the past. You can now replace the battery on your iPhone, for example, without uh, whoever the CEO there coming after you and, and, you know, potentially fining you. But these half million dollar pieces of equipment, combines and sprayers and things like that for farmers, they are not, they're legally not allowed to uh, repair their equipment. It's largely a computer in there. Um, Farmers aren't uh, used to being told what they can't do, especially if they, you know, have a massive piece of machinery, a big investment of funds. So trying to make sure that um, farmers can repair their own equipment. So I'll be carrying the standalone right to repair bill. And we've been um, having conversations with uh, like some of the local dealerships, like here in Northfield, we've got John Deere and Case and um, the, trying to figure out a way that it works for our our local business owners um and and holding the big corporations far away um to account that is interesting i never knew that was a thing yeah. uh you know i've known a lot of farmers and they all work on everything that they have and always have mm-hmm. you know of course there are some things you can't fix uh, that uh, you take to the dealer and you always go to the dealer to get parts to yep. fix it and yep. such so uh but uh being uh legally unable to do that yeah i could see where that might rub some farmers the wrong way Mm -hmm. and and we don't want you know people modifying the engines to pollute more or things like that so Mm -hmm. there'll there'll be some guardrails around you know if you do this then you can't bring it in and to get fixed and you know the warranty is void and if you have spent several hundred thousand dollars on a piece of equipment then maybe you think twice before doing that. And that's not the kind of uh, modifications that farmers are doing. They just want to fix their equipment. And lastly, I guess we'll, we'll ask you, uh, you know, it's been 
what, eight months or whatever since the legislative session has ended. Uh, you know, your job still, uh, you still have some duties to do and mm-hmm. probably constituents to, mm-hmm. uh, to talk to uh, over the course of those eight months. What has that been like for you? Have you, have you done some things? Have you talked to some people? Uh, exp- uh, give us uh, some insight. Yeah. Um, it has been really great. I think last last year was a 20-week session for my first session. It was so intense. It felt like I got disconnected from my community. Like I'm, I'm up in St. Paul supposedly representing our community and then feeling like, oh, well, I had to miss this event and I you know, didn't get to attend this or see this person because I have to be in St. Paul. So I really, over the interim, feel like I reconnected with Northfield, um, to a lesser extent, you know, Lonsdale and New Prague as well. So it was really nice and grounding to remember, oh, yeah, I am part of this community. Oh, yeah, I do have friends here. I do have family. Um, one one thing that pops to mind is um, over the summer, we did a door knock, not as to try to, you know, get votes from people, but to talk about issues of um corporate power and that impact on our democracy and the climate. So that was really, really interesting. I had, I think, only five conversations. But instead of, you know, having 25 very brief uh, interactions at the door, what we did was to try to have deep conversations with people and really go deep on, you know, how does this impact your life? How do you see this impacting your life? What do you think should be done about corporate power? Um, And how is that yeah, having an impact on our communities and our life. So um, I did that with a group of folks in Dundas, and that was really rewarding. You know, looking at the numbers, it looks like, oh, we didn't have that many conversations. But it was really a depth and quality of conversation that was really insightful for folks. Well, we want to th- uh, thank you for being with us today. Look forward to, uh, you're going to be here this time every Friday? That's the plan. That's the plan. All right. We're looking forward to a conversation each uh, each Friday at this time here on The One. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we wish you uh, the best uh, of luck and success uh, in the uh, House of Representatives this thank year. Thank you so much, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here.